It's us again. Welcome to this week's Weekend Watch, kindly sponsored by SBK. Uh, it's me, of course, uh, and I'm joined by Andrew Mount and Daryl Carter as well. We had loads of winners last week. The other two, I'm sure, would never brag about it, but I will. Um, Creative Force was a winner at nine to four for me and Daryl. Um, Daryl also gave John B. He was really keen on that one. Glad that that one won. Um, Andrew gave us a few as well. Rathbone for Kevin Ryan won at 17 to two. Baybridge was an 11 to four winner. And then we had Hijacked as well um, at seven to four. We also gave a big positive to Lady Bowthorpe, who ran a super race behind Palace Pier. Big prize as well, 22 to one. So that was the value uh, in the race that me and Andrew gave a positive mention to. And uh, Daryl shot us down, but he's, he's since... Um, his words in a nice way and, and we're all still friends which is the main thing so uh glad that uh, she ran a, a big race but uh, we're going to do gg does countdown this week um uh, because there's loads of races to cover and i don't want to take up eight hours of your time so good wood good wood should i say haydock york and the curra for saturday couple of races from the curra sunday we don't have final decorations for them at the time of recording this pod so we'll do what we can um, and obviously the views may change of the guys closer to the time, but they'll put that on social media. I'm sure you all follow them on social media and Gigi, of course. Um, we'll start with Goodwood. Uh, we've got uh, the 140 there, Class 2. We've got the Dead 8 runners at the moment. Um, Andrew, you can start if you like. Yeah, tricky opener this one. Um, no strong opinion. I thought Prince Alex would go well, and uh, this one's a worthy favourite. Having run as though the race were needed when a close-up fourth at Salisbury on uh, reappearance. Um, Hyanna and Hockfeld might not like the ground as soft as this. Uh, the one I thought could go well at a bigger price is just in time for Alan King. He's dropped to a reasonable mark now. He's had six runs in handicaps when he's rated below 95, five wins in a second. Uh, those wins came uh, a few years ago, but um, you know, recent yeah. signs are that he can bounce back to that. So just in time for me. Yeah, we've got um, a couple of calls and distance winners in there, and just in time it is one of the few. Um, Andrew, uh, Daryl, Andrew again. <laughs> it's way round this week. You can go again if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I've not really got a strong opinion on this. I did agree with Andrew, thinking Justin Tom is probably the one to be on. I thought Prince Alex at the top of the market was progressive last year, but uh, is qu the quite obvious favourite. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I, it's not really a race I want to get too involved in. I thought Justin Thomas most likely winner. Yeah. Pace is a, a bit of a question mark in this race. Maybe the week St George might go forward. Hockfield is the other one to go forward. I think Hockfield has got a squeak, but uh, like Andrew said, the ground is uh, a bit of an unknown. I'm not too far from Goodwood, and it's been absolutely hammering down all week. So, uh, yeah, expect, expect it to get quite testing at Goodwood. Yeah, we're probably a good podcast to give you weather forecasts around the country because I'm up in Leeds, so I'm not overly far uh, from Haydock. I think Andrew's somewhere in the middle and Daryl's down the bottom. So we can give you some uh, update on the rain. And currently, I think it's raining <laughs> everywhere. Um, uh, on the same horse, then, in that uh, first of 140, uh, the 2.10, small field, um, this for a, for a listed contest. Probably a bit of a disappointing turnout, really. But uh, Al Zarakan heads the betting currently. Um, but I think that uh, you two like other horses in this first, other than the favourites. Daryl? Yes, um, Al Zarakan, the rightful market leader, the progressive yeah. horse in the field, looked very, very good in, in his uh, three starts, uh, or his last three starts. Forgive him that run at Newmarket last time. Um, we 
we highlighted a couple of weeks ago that uh, he doesn't like new markets and uh, it was never going to suit him that track. But uh, he does have a question mark to answer over the ground. So I'm quite happy to leave him alone at the top of the market. I thought yeah. Desert Encounter really caught the eye at Sandown last time in the Gordon Richard Stakes behind Walkenog. Uh, I think that horse is going to be quick, pretty useful. He's one for three here. But uh, his other two runs, he was only beaten three quarters of a length and half a length by Pablo Escobar and second step. Both useful horses in their time. Soft ground doesn't seem to be an issue to this horse anymore. He was noted as a horse that really wanted top of the ground. Uh, and a horse that basically, if you sneeze near the course, uh, you know, he was going to be pulled out. But mm. he seems to handle soft ground nowadays uh, in his older years. He, he ran really well at Windsor last year. Very unlucky not to, to get off the mark there. He, deserve, he deserves to get his head in front. I think this is a race that... Uh, is um, a bit of a drop in class. Uh, basically, is on a, on a platter for him if he if he really wants to go and get his head in front. Like I say, looks at a Goodwood. Uh, I think Stormy Antarctic is probably the danger, um, but Desert Encounter is the one I'll be signing with. Yeah, Desert Encounter obviously nine years old now. Perhaps as he's a bit older, he wants a bit more cushioning uh, for his joints. What do you reckon, Andrew? Um, yeah, I was going to take him on. Uh, I thought he was flattered by that Sandown second. You had to race around the inside at that Sandown meeting on the round course, whether you were leading or sat in mid-division. As long as you're on that rail for as long as possible, you ran well. Second and third in that race, both big, big prices, including Desert Encounter at 40 to 1, both flattered, I thought. Desert Encounter is a nine-year-old now. He needs quicker ground. I'd rather back him each way at a huge price in a group race than a short price in a race like this. Um, Al Zarakani worried about the ground for him um, and then you look at the others you've got Stormy Antarctic who's on the downgrade at the age of 8 hasn't won for a while at least not in this country and um, the Majestic Dawn the uh, Cambridgeshire winner um, that was a great performance but he was probably flattered there was a tailwind he made the running towards the standside rail which was strongly favoured in, in the first time blinkers he only seems to peak in the autumn so I, I'd worry about his um, fitness first time back um, so I keep coming back to Winter Reprise, who was well behind um, Walt Conniger Desert Encounter at Sandown, but he raced wide throughout that day. That run uh, probably still needed. Uh, I thought at 14 to 1, 20 to 1, whatever he is for this, he could go well at a big price. Yeah, for David Benoussier, he's uh, the outsider of the Little Party, uh, at 20 to 1 at the moment. So that's for the 210. So Winter Reprise uh, for Andrew and uh, the old boy Desert Encounter for Daryl. Um, that's in that 210. They're the only two races we're scheduled to cover. Um, anything else for either of you at Goodwood? Daryl, you go. <laughs> no, not, not a tip as, as such, but uh, just uh, to let you know to keep an eye on the 250 at Goodwood, uh, Alderi and Torlead both go head to head in a handicap. Alderi has to give Torlead just over a stone. Um, it's going to be a cracking race. Both horses look potential group class. Uh, so definitely worth keeping an eye on that race for, for future reference. Okay. Um, we move on to Haydock then. And as with Goodwood, I assume, currently soft round at Haydock. It's raining at the moment and I think it's going to continue to do so. So um, looking for horses who are going to come equipped with snorkels in this 155 by the looks of things. Um, is there any in here, Andrew? Um, yeah, I like this race. Um, there's a Theon is a, a worthy favourite who was um, second to uh, Boardman on his um, turf debut here last time out. Previously been impressive in winning twice at Wolverhampton. Uh, Lincoln Park did too much too soon, went down the field at Chester last time out. Uh, that was the race won by Broken Spear. Um, they went off like the clappers and um, the foot. 
I think three of the first four home came from well off the pace. Rathbone, one of the prominent racers who was ninth in that race, came out and won at first last week. So uh, although Lincoln Park was only 11th, I would ignore that completely. He'll do better back at Haydock, where he's run well before. But the one I really like is Redana, who always needs a run or no. two at the start of the season. <laughs> this, this is my nap of the week. Um, yeah, this was to be uh, my nap of the day as well. It, it can't be now. Choose something else. Um, <laughs> Uh, genuine, I, I, I genuine, up, honest to God, yeah. How, how do we keep doing this? I, I wrote up Rodana after uh, that comeback run at Musselburgh, where um, I mean, basically, every time the headgear goes on for the first time each season, he runs a good race. Last year, first run in the headgear, bang, wins at twenty-eight to one. Um, the year before, uh, on his third start, first time uh, they put the cheap pieces on, won at fourteen to one. So I took a chance at a small bet last time out on his second start, but he was yeah. obviously in need of it still. There was no headgear and he was a massive drifter and never put into the race. So this is it. This is what it's all about. Everything's being geared towards this race and 20 to one. That's a huge price. Should be less than half that. Yeah. Dropped in again in grade, obviously just dropped down to under 19 hours and 89. So do I need to ask your selection, Daryl? Yeah, but oh, I absolutely agree. I, th- I cannot believe this is the rank outside of the field. I really can't. Came out of Musselburgh, forced wide down the home straight, was always going to be in need of the run that day. Goes here to Haydock over a mile uh, in a very, very hot race, won by finer sound. Was just about to start making his move, and Amazement comes and hems him right in. He, you saw the horse go to change his legs to quicken up. Uh, with the field. Uh, J- after he could not get out, James Sullivan just rode him hand and heels all the way to the finish. Cheek pieces go back on, two for two uh, in cheek pieces. Ended last season at air uh, with a career best win off a mark of 88, recorded an RPR of 97. Did it re- in ready fashion over seven furlongs. That was on good ground, but he is two for two on soft ground as well. Um, and I just thought that this horse had a little bit more to come yet. I don't think we've reached the bottom of him over seven furlongs. Seven furlongs, soft ground, Haydock, cheek pieces on, down in grade, off a one-pound high mark than his last winning mark. And he's won off this mark of 89. Um, yeah, oh God, 20 to one. Eat your heart out. Uh, well there we go then Uh, big selections in there I quite like Linkin Park so that would have been my selection that Andrew's given it a strong mention to but they're they're all there's your forecast yeah they're all good prices I think Linkin Park currently as always at the time of recording is about 9 to 1 I think and Madonna as Daryl just highlighted there is the outsider of the entire field at the moment 20 to 1 Chuck Moles memory in there for a tri-cast as well love soft ground yeah caught the eye last couple of times yeah now you're just being greedy (laughs) Yeah, we can't be that good. No, so that's an interesting race then, that 155 at Haydock and, and, you know, fairly strong fancies um, in there. We've next up got a competitive long-distance handicap at 225. Um, Any strong fancies in this? Andrew, do you want to start? Yeah, interesting race this one. Um, I want it to be against Frank and Stella. I just thought the effect of the headgear might be wearing off. And when they put blinkers on this one, um, second and first for the first two starts, cheek pieces, first two runs in the, he- in the cheek pieces, first and first. So, yeah. But third or subsequent starts in the headgear, um, a third and two fourth places. So uh, I think we might see this one in a visor soon to see if that can um, revitalise him. Future investments, probably a Chester expert. He's two from three there and uh, just one from nine elsewhere. And, and that win, win was when scraping home by a short head, when favourite for a ripping novice. So I'm not sure Haydock will suit. 
Um, Vindolanda was quite interesting for Charles Hills, although the yard's gone a little bit quiet after a good start to the turf campaign. Yeah. Um, just Hubert probably needs his first few runs each season, so I thought he was um, going to need this. Uh, Pastilio is fair enough at the head of the market, having um, done best of the hold-up horses uh, when second in the Chester Cup consolation race. And then uh, the one I quite like is Rajinsky at a price. Um, fields of 11 or fewer runners. Um, no headgear, uh, six runs, three wins, a second, third, and a fourth. So, yeah, Rajinsky each way for me. Daryl did a big sigh then, so he <laughs> obviously likes Rajinsky as well. The thing is, it's, we shouldn't be too surprised, should we? Because you guys work off a lot of the same statistics. So you, if you didn't ever end up on the same one, it would be a bit worrying. So uh, <laughs> you also like Rajinsky then? Yes, I think the, I think his form is by far the strongest on offer. Uh, if you go back to the York run, um, la, sorry, if you go back to yeah, if you go back to the York run last year in the Skybet handicap behind Summer Moon, I mean that run looks extremely, uh, extremely strong now. Uh, Summer Moon is eight pound higher, finished second in the Cesarowicz next time out. Um, while Rajinsky is a pound lower, third Mikawi is eight pound higher, the fifth is five pound higher, and the sixth one next time out. I thought that was a real strong race. Um, and then he went to here at Haydock in the old Borough Cup. Uh, got absolutely no run at all, finished on the bridle um, and was only a shade behind future investment. But granted a clear run, I have no doubt at all that Rajinsky would have gone past future investment quite quite comfortably. Um, his runs over two miles uh, have been you know, very eye-catching. Forgive the run at Newmarket in the Cesare, it's 33rd, 34. He just doesn't like that place at all. Needed yeah. the run at Wolves next time out and then got his head in front in a race that turned into a bit of a sprint at Ripon last time. Um, he's off a mark at 90, like I say, a pound pound lower than when chasing home Summer Moon, subsequent Cesare, which second next time out at York. Um, he, he goes on soft ground, no problem at all. I think he's well handicapped. I think he's got the strongest form in the race. Um, I'm just surprised that Richard King's got, goes over to, to Goodwood, but they have at least gone to the effort to book Adam Kirby for the ride. Now, I'm not a massive Adam, Adam Kirby fan, I'll be honest, but at least they've gone to the effort to to bring an outside jockey in. Uh, if Jane Elliott was on, no offence to Jane Elliott, but I would be a little bit concerned about how they think his chances are going to be. Yeah. Okay. Um, Andrew, did you men- mention Green Book? Um, no, I didn't, but... Um... Yeah, one of uh, several pace angles in the race, I guess, and uh, won that Chester um, Chester Cup consolation race from the front under Frenny. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I thought Greenbrook was relatively interesting, but as you say, it's um, it's a difficult competitive race there, but both of them with a horse who currently is about 10 to 1, so another uh, race for hopefully real value to be had. Um, Haydock 3 o'clock is the Silver Bowl handicap. Uh, I really like the look of the unexposed Headingley in here. Didn't help himself when hanging his chance away, I thought, last time out. Hopefully, you know, a horse who's unexposed and another run under his belt. Also, you see with horses, um, and I've forgotten his name now, the horse that I like in the purple and white colours, who's an absolute rogue that's always too keen. And it won when I tipped it at Wolverhampton. What's it called? Red Rum. No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Seabiscuit. Uh, Ryan Moore won on it at Wolverhampton. What's it called? Recently. Oh, and it's a monkey. I've forgotten. Anyway, my point was, uh, this horse hung in the closing stages. Ben obviously will know it did that last time, so hopefully he'll keep an eye on that and hopefully be able to 
stop that happening again. So Headingley is going to be my selection in the three o'clock when Toffee stand, which we have not got time for. Um, Daryl, do you want to start us with the three o'clock? <laughs> yeah, Headingley threw my money away last time. I could never forgive him for that now. Uh, he's yeah, obviously quite money. capable of, of this sort of marker. But Nebulosa is the horse I quite like. I quite like her quite a bit for this. Showed a really good attitude to get ahead in front at uh, Goodwood on season return last time, despite being green and very keen early on. She had tons left to run down that winner who skipped away from her, another unexposed horse. I think she looks all about stamina, needed every yard of the seven furlong trip that she's been running over. Um, she's progressing at a rate of knots, including on soft ground. Her finals, she chased home Saffron Brick Beach last year in a, in a maiden race at Newmarket, closed on her all the way to the line, right? And then she went out next time at Newmarket on soft ground and she won very, very easily. On the same card, was the oh-so-sharp state, won by Saffron Beach. Now, the times were bang on, pretty much exactly the same. And if Saffron Beach and Nebulosa were to meet today under these conditions, Saffron Beach would have to give her £23 in weight. I just think that that run at Goodwood, first time up, she's going to take a step forward from that. The step up and trip is in her favour. Soft ground is no question mark. I think she's well handicapped off 86. Uh, and I think she's going to have a, a big season for Andrew Bolin. So uh, Nebulosa is the one I, I'm quite keen on. I was quite keen to take this favourite on, this road of ball. Um, he's been well positioned the last twice in very slowly run races. Mm. And uh, although he visually looks the part, I'm just concerned about him if he got caught in behind would he be quick enough to to pick up the looks of nebulosa etc but uh it's a good race but i think each way eight around eight to one nebulosa i think it's got a great chance okay um mum's triple i found out was the horse i was thinking of that's a rogue and that hangs and is naughty so that's good it's put my mind at ease now um andrew three o'clock um yeah i'm a fan of headingley as well um like say second by head on debut and then uh, wins left-handed on a straight course and then last time out just completely failed to go right-handed at Goodwood and uh, yeah, Mark Johnson's won this twice in recent years. I'm just going to um, side with he- Heights of Abraham though who bolted up at Ripon um, the other day when I napped him. That was 10 furlongs on soft ground. Coming back in trip won't inconvenience. I think it's the ground that's more important than the trip. He was winning over 7 furlongs at Musselburgh on soft ground uh, as recently as uh, last August and uh, he can run well here under a penalty. Uh, interesting stat about this one. In the last 20 years, 17 of the 20 winners were in the first three in the betting. So although we had a 20-to-1 winner uh, trained by John Gosdewen, this was last run. Generally speaking, the market gets it right. So you and Andrew could be right because yours are second and third in the betting and now I'll, you and Daryl and I'll be wrong. So uh, Nebulosa is about nines at the moment. Heights of Abraham is about tens and Headingley for me is about 11s. We can't always agree, guys. We're doing our best. Um, for that three o'clock, uh, the next at Haydock is the 3.35 and the, I thought this didn't look like a bad race to be fair, it's quite open as well this Sandy Lane Stakes and um, we've got Dragon Symbol in here who's currently unbeaten, uh, I thought Rohan was really good last time in that Pavilion Stakes, beat St Lawrence who's currently a little bit shorter in the betting, um, so I thought that was uh, something to consider um, Daryl, do you want to start us? Yeah, really good race this Dragon Symbol, um not sure if the ground's going to be in that one's favour. Obviously, progressing at a rate of knots. Got a king stand entry. Um, looks the part. Um, I'm just not sure about the ground, really. thought Isabel, Isabella Giles dropping back in trip was was the right thing to do. This horse just doesn't want uh, seven furlongs or a mile. I think soft ground six would definitely suit. So uh, she's got a few things in her favour. Mujabar um, 
if this horse is quick enough for this race, I'll be very surprised because his time of his run at Newmarket was slower than the Blue Skyline who won off 69 um, last season. And he just, mm-hmm. just doesn't look a speed horse to me. He does want soft ground though. Uh, Method is the one I'm going for. I'm going to stick with. I thought this was just an outstanding horse last season as a two-year-old. Uh, yeah. de- demolished Fev Rover, who obviously goes on to run well in the Guineas this year. Uh, beat Moiti Gerka. Yeah, very easily. Then at Newmarket, uh, you can forgive the run at Newmarket when um, beaten in the Group 1 middle part because Saddle slipped forward. Just had absolutely no chance there. Um, and then they dropped him back to five furlong soft ground behind uh, Winter Power, who's obviously come out and proved herself to be a very smart horse uh, at York recently. But that trip was just far too short. Definitely a six furlong horse and will get further in the future for me. So soft ground might be an issue um, and the right trip. Obviously, you need to take it on trust fitness because uh, he's returning from a 225-day layoff. But this horse, this race normally produces a horse that's going to go on to do decent things at the sprint level, like your Royal Ascots, etc. like that. So yeah. I just thought there was more to come from this method. Um, yeah, and I think he's quite a nice type. A nice type. So uh, that was where my money was going. Take a few you like, but the actual bet in the race is going to be Method, who's currently about 8-1. to one. Um, Andrew? Yeah, this race has been incredibly strong in recent years and should have a, a strong bearing on Royal Ascot. We had a Hello Yumzane two years ago, who we went on to win the Sprint Cup back at Haydock, then won the Diamond Jubilee the following year. Uh, Sands of Mali, second in the Commonwealth Cup, then a Group 1 winner. Uh, Harry Angel won it in 2017, again, uh, second in the Commonwealth Cup, went on to win the July Cup and the Sprint Cup, both Grade 1 contests. So um, I was quite interested, um, call thumb here for um, Richard Fahey, that um, comeback run would have been needed. Um, four runs at this six furlong trip, two wins and two thirds, both third places excusable. She was poorly drawn in York in the first of them, and then um, she was up against a pace bias at Newmarket, doing best of those to come from the back. So, um, you know, having failed to stay seven and probably in need of the run on her comeback, coming back to six, like quite a few winners of this race have done previously, I think she's a good bet here. Yeah, I think. I hope not. Why? Because <laughs> I, lo- I, I really fancied her, didn't I? No, no, I really fancied her, didn't I, at Newbury um, the other week. And um, I thought for sure she wanted to go up and trip, but uh, I could be completely wrong. We're doing it on purpose. We're tipping horses that you liked be previously or let you down previously. So either yeah. you'll be happy or we will. It works perfectly well. Um, neither of you mentioned Rohan. Why don't we like Rohan, Andrew? Um, just Ascot form coming to Haydock. I was worried about that. And I thought uh, he might have been a shade flattered last time because that Ascot meeting, every winner on the straight track was coming towards the near side. That was when Oh This Is Us won at 66 to 1. Again, challenge yeah. challenge late towards the near side rail. Um, the uh, the Bridger horse, Petic side, again, challenged uh, yeah. near the, the the rail. That's why um, um, the one um, Daryl mentioned earlier was Al Dahi, uh, um, who was running at Goodwood. That was really you know impressive, having won on the slowest part of the track. So I, mm. I think probably a shade flattered that day by the way the track was riding. Okay, I'm going to go against you. I thought it won despite having absolutely zero runs so uh rohan for me who is about nine to one i think just checking uh method for daryl that's about eight to one and andrew um Coulthum, yeah yep at 12 yeah. to one so that's in the 335 um at haydock um the full 10 at haydock the last one there we're going to do is the the temple stakes so john quinn Obviously, super strong hand in this now with no Batash in there. 
Um, saw an article this morning. He said he'd take a dead hit. I'm pretty sure he'd be he'd be oh. very very lucky if he managed to get that. But that's what you have if you run two in there. Um, Daryl, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, no real real strong opinion. I thought Liberty Beach would just edge it, given her record fresh first time up. I'm actually surprised they, they haven't learned from last year and just gone straight to the King's Stand first time out. To be honest, uh, she's got a fantastic re- record first time up. Strongest form in the race with that Abbey. That Abbey third on heavy ground last season. So you can't get a beat by the ground. You can't get a beat by the form. I mm. thought the biggest danger was uh, was John Quinn's other run. I keep busy. And I thought it was as simple as that, to be honest. And I didn't really want to get involved in terms of betting. Yeah. Andrew? Um, yeah, interesting races. I mean, they, they keep ent- entering Liberty Beach and keep busy in the same races, but not running. We finally get to see both of them here. So yeah. both uh, both ran well in the Prix de Labbe last time. Um, and you know, neither had brilliant draws um, that day but it's interesting that um, Liberty Beach runs here again I, I did throw a few quid at her um, when she reappeared at York over six despite having not proven her stamina for that trip she was a massive drifter in the betting that day it looked as though she needed the run badly and uh, with Carl Burke's horses running better now and uh, this month any of his horses have had a recent run and are showing a good profit so it's interesting to see Lady in France out again so quickly. She also ran in the Prix de Labbe. She split the uh, the Quinn pair, uh, Liberty Beach, and Keep Busy. And she mm. wasn't best drawn either. Um, even though there was only, I think, 10 runners in that race, it was a big advantage to be drawn low. She was in stall eight. So uh, I think Lady in France is going to run a storming race here. Uh, Kea Moro is one to keep in mind for, for York later in the season. Four of her five wins have come in July and August. Uh, she loves York. I just think this uh, she's going to need this run. But... Um, over the years, uh, Phillies and Mares have done well in this race, and I think it's um, it's going to go to one of the females. Okay, uh, good assessment then of the uh, full ten. Anything else for either of you at Haydock, Andrew? Um, Stunific in the three fifteen, perhaps. This is a horse who's always gone well, best off a strong pace. Did manage to win in a couple of small field Beverly races last year when they went like the absolute clappers and the track was favouring those who, who came late and wide down the middle. But generally speaking, when this one gets a field of sort of 12, 13 or more runners, uh, runs runs a good race. So a stonific at a price. OK. Um, that, Daryl? Where's stonific running, Andrew? Three. Because I've got him in my tracker, have I? Um, oh, sorry, it might be York, actually, 3.15. I, uh, I think I've jumped the gun there. Sorry. Right. No, no, that's... No. Gone to gone to York, so yeah, three fifteen somewhere. That's not a lot. He's well happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, just just one a Haydock in a four forty five. Um, William Haggis's uh, Cloudy Dawn should be well ahead of a mark of eighty uh, on a handicap debut. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the price is going to be. It's probably going to be short, to be honest, but uh, should have no problem with the ground trip. The, the mark is is very lenient. I think eighty. So uh, Cloudy Dawn. Okay. Uh, on to York, then we go. The 240, we've got the Bronte Cup for Phillies. Um, we've got Ray Dawson. Uh, I'm pretty sure he hasn't ridden a group winner yet, so he rides the favourite in there at the moment, so that's good for him. And I was seeing that Jessie Harrington has never had a winner at York. I don't think she's actually had that many runners, um, but kind of double figures, and she's not had a, um, a winner yet, so she'll be looking to hopefully change that. Um, Andrew, do you want to start in the 240? Yeah, didn't really have a strong opinion. I thought the favourite looked solid enough. Uh, I thought Inchicore might have been flattered by that Lingfield win from off the pace last time out. Uh, I wanted to be against her. But yeah, other than that, nothing to uh, report, really. Uh, Daryl? Very much the same as Andrew on this race. I can't stand it. (laughs) But uh, If you don't like anything, that's fine. Yeah, no, to be honest, I I went through it. And uh, the, the only thing I'd probably thought when I went through the race was that uh, the Harrington runner was probably a little bit overpriced because of a heavy defeat to uh, 
Sir Joseph's Mighty Blue last time, 69 length defeat is definitely not her running. And the market sort of reacted in a way that it is. And that uh, in terms of the difference between the price between the two. So um, perhaps have a look at that if you you want to get into the race. But uh, it's not one for me to, to get seriously involved with. Okay, uh, the 3.50 at York competitive handicap, we've got the current favourite is Mondemege, who I happen to personally know has uh, got a fair few screws missing. I've been at Newcastle. I was at Newcastle when this horse won on debut. He's absolutely massive, as in he's a really big horse. It was a big prize. I don't think a great deal was expected. They picked him up really cheaply. He cost a lot of money. Um, as a youngster, I just think he's tricky, but I'm sure he's got ability. Um, and he takes on the 2017 winner of this race in Copper Knight, Andrew. Yeah, and the pair met over course and distance last time out, Copper Knight winning, uh, Mulzim second, who's also in here, and of course, uh, Mondamage um, unlucky in running in third, but yeah, Mondamage, that hold-up style at York, he, he can miss the break. He's talented, but incredibly quirky, as you say. Yeah. And, at, and at four to one, you know, you, you, he could go and win at that price and I quite happily leave him alone, but he could just as easily be the hard luck story of the race again. So, yeah. um, uh, Copper Knight, I, I thought could go well again, but still two might be a little bit um, lower than ideal. Um, Zargon, who ran a, a huge race here for Scott Dixon uh, the other day. Go, uh, yeah, is that the German horse? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, 80 to 1, I think, was the SB or 120, yeah, yeah. 125. You wouldn't maybe. believe me that I backed it each way, would you? But I'll show you the betting slip. I'll believe you, Leona. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll believe you. Um, uh, McInar was uh, interesting as well. Um, second time out, having been drawn out of it when uh, behind Jabberocki at Chester last time. Um, Sun and Sunny was sort of too free and keen in a small field last time at uh, Doncaster, and that one might go well for Paul Midgley, who's starting to have winners now. Uh, but I'll. I'll I'm going to take a chance on Dave Dexter, uh, probably a big price here. Um, second run for Roger Fell. Uh, ran behind uh, Copper Knight, uh, Mon Damage and Co. here last time out, but was basically drawn on the wrong side of the track. All the action was centre um, to far side and all those drawn high finished out the back of the telly. So forgive that one from Dave Dexter. Um, if you back all horses who joined Roger Fell from other yards, second time out, you make a profit and he could go well at big odds here. 33 to 1, yeah. Um, Dave Dexter used to be with Ralph Beckett and the first, the last time that horse won was on softish, very soft ground um, at Chepstow, so that's a, a definitely positive 33-1, to 1. Dave Dexter then for Andrew um, Darrell? Um, no, uh, again, no, that's me I, I struggle with this race, to be honest with you and I'm struggling this season with like a big five furlong, six furlong handicaps to be honest, because it's sort of a whose turn is it next to win, and it, and it can be quite Yeah, if you run the race five times, you get a different result exact- every time, which is then irritating. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> that. I think that one of the most interesting runners in this race is Hurricane Ivor for, for William Haggis, who just looked an absolute superstar at one point um, when racing in France um, and has come over uh, to William Haggis. Um, and, I, and, I, and I'm just very intrigued to see how he gets on. But... Uh, Count Dorsey were better than the bear result last time. There's so many horses in here that you can sort of make cases for. And we're talking a matter of three quarters of a length or half a length a difference with a lot of them. So I'm, I'm trying to wean myself off these handicaps, if you like. But uh, Hurricane Ivor, keep keep an eye on him and, and see how he gets on. I'm sure he's a, I'm sure he's a good horse. OK, that's one to watch then. Hurricane Ivor, first run for Willie Haggis. And um, Andrew with Dave Dexter, 33 to one big price then. Um, in that one, anything else at York other than Andrews earlier at Stonific <laughs> in the 350? Uh, Daryl, do you like anything else? 
Yeah, I do. I, I, I do in the fr- I do like Stonific, and I do think he's well handicapped. I do, but I do really think Live Your Dream is miles ahead of a mark of eighty-two in that three fifteen. He's a pure stayer. He, he really is. He took a massive step forward on anything that he had done at Newcastle last time. Um, we're getting up by a neck. Uh, it was a very, very falsely run race, really slowly run race. He was keen early on. He wasn't in the best of positions. He came down the, the outside of the track, the unfavoured part of the track, and he still got up uh, to win by a neck. Um, I, I, that was off the back of a 500-odd day break and a gelding operation. He's definitely going to take a step forward. You've got to consider the bounce factor a little bit here, uh, 22 days after, after that run. But from that race, the other horse that was... Uh, inconvenienced by their racing position in that in that slowly run race was Master of the Stars, uh, who came out and won next time out in controversial fashion over Good Birthday at Newmarket. I, I definitely think he's got more to come. Eighty two, you know, is a is a very low mark. Uh, he's only been given a two pound rise for that Newcastle run, and he was much better than a two pound rise there. So uh, yeah. I think Live Your Dream will take all the beating in there in the three fifteen. Yeah, well, they're opposite ends of the market. So, Live Your Dreams is about nine to two. That's what I've got at the moment. So, you could um, you could do a forecast or you could take one or the other. And Stonific is 16 to one. Again, that's what I've got at the moment. So, both um, not short prices anyway. So, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, the last race for Saturday's racing is the Irish 2000 Guinness. We weren't going to not do that. Through 20. Um, I like Labarossa in this. I thought was super unlucky last time uh, in that Craven Stakes. So uh, Labarossa is what I like in the 320. Uh, Andrew? Uh, I'm going to go for uh, Max Swinney here, despite that um, disappointing comeback run. For, uh, stepped up to 10 furlongs at Leopardstown, finishing mm-hmm. fourth. Now, uh, Max Swinney's got a touch of the Oxos about him. You know, good run, bad run, good run, bad run. <laughs> Every time he's been beaten, he's bounced back to win next time, three from three. The last time he ran at Leopardstown, he finished ninth of 10 in a group three. And uh, next time out, he won a group two at the Curra. So he's, he's doing that again. He's making the switch from Leopardstown to the, the Curra. He won second time out last season. He's never lost following a defeat. And I thought at a double figure price, he was worth chancing it. Daryl? This is tricky. This is very <laughs> tricky. Um, I really like Lucky Vega uh, mm-hmm. at the top of the market. However, Jessica Harrington has said that she wants the rain to stay away. And I've been looking at reports uh, and yeah, they're just suggesting that, yeah, it's going to come down. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Lucky Vega weak in the market. Um, I do, again, though, I think the market, sometimes these markets take a, a last run so literally. So, like, you know, the likes of Wembley and Battleground both disappointed at, at Newmarket. Um, you know, Battleground went off at 9-2, heavy, heavily supported favourite for the 2000. He's 8-1 here. But if you go back and watch that run, he did. The connections reported that he lost his action a bit. And if you watch him on that real firm ground at Newmarket on that undulating track, he just couldn't. He, he did lose his action. He just couldn't get it all together. Um, a little bit less of an excuse for Wembley, I guess. I suppose you could say that the quicker ground didn't help. He likes a bit of cut on the ground, so that could probably benefit him here. Ryan Moore has chosen to ride Wembley. I do think this is a talented horse. Stall 11 is probably not going to be ideal. Battlegrounds in stall 10. I thought Labarossa w- would not want it to be soft. I thought she's he's got that low swing in action and uh, I thought Labarossa would prefer a quicker surface. I- I'm going to give Wembley an- another shout um, uh, and hopefully he can do the business. I'm sure he's talented. I know he keeps bumping into horses and you keep finding excuses for him. I know it's frustrating, but uh, if he puts it all together, he- he's a good horse, that's for sure. 
Okay. Uh, so Wembley for Daryl, uh, Max Sweeney for Andrew, and Lat Barossa for me. That's in the Irish 2000 guineas. Uh, and that's uh, 320 um, at the Curra. Um, that's it for Saturday. We're going to cover a couple of quick races Sunday. We've got the 240 at the Curra, which is the uh, Tattersall's Gold Cup. If neither of you have got a fancy yet, that's fine. Or if you've got any information or pointers, that's good as well. Um, Andrew, do you want to go first? Uh, that's my get-out-of-jail-free card that I'm playing here. So, uh, yeah, no strong opinion here. Wouldn't want to um, just to have a complete wild guess and uh, okay. help, someone, help someone lose their money. Okay. Uh, Daryl? I'll do that then. No, I'll do it. Uh, look, a lot of this depends on whether love turns up, doesn't it? Um, she's gonna, she's gonna essentially make the market. So, um, yeah, it's it's very difficult at this stage to, to give a give a, a strong mention to anyone. I would keep an eye on Cian Pepper just to see, you know, what turns up and what doesn't. Uh, I think that's quite a talented horse for, for Jessica Harrington. But uh, yeah, no, no strong opinion. No strong opinion. It's all going to evolve around whether Love turns up here. Yeah, because she's if undoubtedly going to be. Then it's absolutely wide open. Yeah, exactly. And if she's in, she she's what? What what odds do you make her, Andrew? If she got well, Love she's turns six up to here four now, but oh, she's much shorter, shorter than that. Actually, isn't she? Mm. Yeah, I guess so. Um, no great opinion then. Obviously, it is early stages as well for us to cover these. Um, and then the three fifteen at the cover. Um, we'll cover that quickly as well. If either of you've got a fancy in the Irish one thousand guineas, Andrew. Uh, yeah, I like Fantasy Lady here at a big price. Um, um, Paddy Toomey is an excellent trainer, and uh, this one has just been crying out for a, a stiffer test of stamina than she's had recently. It was good ground last time out when she was being in Leopardstown. I know that was only a group three, but I think that the faster they go, the better for her. So um, stepping up in grade on her preferred soft surface, hopefully, then uh, I think she's going to run a good race at a big price here. Yeah, yeah. Currently, I've got 25, but obviously, who knows, come next time. Um, Daryl? Uh, again, so I do apologize. No real opinion. I thought Shale was... Um was the value in the market yeah. at the moment around sixes uh, in comparison to pretty gorgeous. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I can't give you anything until I know a final makeup and a draw, to be honest. Okay. Um, that's it then for the scheduled races. Have any of you got anything from anywhere else? If that isn't enough. <laughs> uh, constant, please, Carol. <laughs> Can we do my nap first this week? Um, let's talk about naps. Daryl, would you like to go first? Yeah, Redana. <laughs> Redana. Uh, we can both we can both nap it, Andrew. Well, you'll have to, won't you, if you both like Super. it. Super. Yeah, uh, Redana for me as well, predictably, and um, yeah, seeing at the time of recording, he's available at twenty to one. Uh, I'm not going to begrudge uh, Daryl stealing my work. Okay. <laughs> Um, um, my nap, I'm glad that those two have given you a 20 to 1 shot this week because I haven't got one. Mine's probably going to be favourite as well. Um, add y'all at York for 205. He's won a couple of races already. Um, I think he's a much better horse than what we've seen so far. I think he's got plenty more wiggle room off about a mark of 90. And hopefully, we'll go and win that impressively. And then we'll see him in something much better next time. Um, maybe the Hunt Cup or something, a lot more unexposed than, than everybody else. So, add y'all in the 205 at York is mine. Um, as we've said, with those races Sunday, the guys will have a, a view on those closer to the time. I'm sure a much stronger view as well when we know what is actually going and what prices they're forecast at. They both put it on their own social media channels. So Andrew Mount is Trend Horses and, and Daryl Carter is just that, Daryl Carter. They also will be on Gigi, of course, on Gigi's page and on their website. 
Uh, the website is gg.co.uk. We have all the race cards, plenty of other tips and videos as well. So uh, do check out the website. I hope you've enjoyed the video this week. We've gone as quick as we can to get all those races in for you. And uh, fingers crossed we can provide you with plenty more winners like last week. Thanks for watching.